Most skirmishing and war games will require you to make a small sacrifice to get into. But what if you don't want to do that and get in on a budget and have the freedom to build and play with the miniatures that you already own and probably love? Enter Demigod. Brought to you by the amazingly talented Chris Bonweg, this tabletop skirmish game can be played solo or with a friend. Take control of your chosen champion of the gods and fight to gain power, loot, and become something greater than human. It's all happening right now with No Name Games on schedule for launch. Welcome back to Schedule for Launch, a podcast to discover the projects that you may have missed. I'm really excited to be coming back. We've had, uh, Chris, it's been a long fucking break. I'm not going to lie. The ep- we haven't done anything in a long time, so I'm stoked to be coming back onto a really cool kind of in the genre of games that I've got a current fixation on. We've been talking about it for a couple of minutes before, but please, I'd love to introduce you to Chris Bonweg of No Name Games. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It's been, we've been trying to figure this out for literal months now, I think. I think you, we first started talking about getting you on in, oh boy, June, June, uh, maybe July, maybe yeah, July. Yeah, June or July, yep, yep. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been too long and that's on me. So I'm sorry about that, but thank you so much for finally coming on and joining Yeah, I'm me. happy to be on here, Zach, honestly. I'm yeah, I'm super pumped to have you here. We're going to be talking about Demigod, which is such a cool skirmish game. One that I'm surprised other people haven't done yet. I'm not going to lie. It feels like it's like, oh, that makes sense to do. And we're going to get into why I think that in a little bit. But before we do that, Chris, could you tell the audience a little bit about who you are? Sure. So I'm Chris. I run No Name Games, um, and kind of I got into writing games because the games that I played had priced me out of the hobby of playing games. Um, So I got really into, or I was really into, I should say, Warhammer 40k as a kid, Uh and it just got so expensive to play Warhammer 40k to start an army to buy new books. Like new books started being, you know, sixty dollars a book every yeah. couple years. And so it was, you know, okay, your rule book is sixty bucks, your codex is sixty bucks. Um, if you want to play a sub faction, that's sixty bucks. So that's, you know, $180 right there. Mm-hmm. And oh, you know, okay, your sub faction now says that these, these, and these models are no longer no longer have rules so now you can't play those anymore and it just got really frustrating um so kind of i wanted to make a studio where um the whole thing was miniature agnosticism and okay. only ever needing the rule book the core rule book yeah. so that's really what demigod is predicated on is built on is you can go to Victrix, you can go to Foundry, you can go to any of the historical manufacturers and buy, you know, a box of hoplites. And there, there's your Demigod Warband right there. Yeah. Plus, you know, extras. And the rulebook will always have the core rules. Nothing mm-hmm. that comes after it will ever say, you know, this no longer works. It might add things onto it, but it will never say, you know, tear out page 36 of the core rule book. None of that is, you know, relevant anymore. Everything that comes out post the original release will be supported is kind of one of the deals that I've seen a lot is that Demigod looks to establish some core stuff and build on it instead of alter, change, delete. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that was really that was really the design philosophy that I came into it with was, you know, okay, this is going to focus on 
Greek mythology, but there's so much other neat mythology out there, one, but two, you know, what is it like if these other cultures interact with this mythology, mm -hmm. even though they may not have in our world? So, like, you could have a bunch of Norse berserkers fighting the Minotaur, or, you know, a bunch of hoplites fighting um, Germagander, stuff like that. And I think those matchups are really, really neat. Before we really kind of dive into more about Demigod, could you actually just kind of touch on for the audience what Demigod is in a real broad stroke? Yeah. Uh, so Demigod is a miniature skirmish game, 28-millimeter miniature skirmish game. Um, and it's built around you as the player controlling a small band of heroes as you try to amass enough renown to go from demigods to full-blown actual gods. So it's kind of like the, the stories of like Hercules and mm -hmm. all that mm -hmm. stuff, like the, the Ascension story, more or less. Yep. And I am actually working on... I don't have anything out to the public yet, but I'm actually working on an expansion where your warband is commissioned by King Eurystheus, the, the guy who kind of mm -hmm. sets Hercules' labors in motion to get them done before he can get to them. Because oh, the, whole, cool. the whole framing story of Hercules' labors is that Hercules is doing the labor is because he's atoning for going mad and killing his family. Yeah. And so King Eurystheus comes to you and says, or puts out a, an APB essentially and says, Hey, I need, you know, a group of adventurers to come do a thing. And you show up and he's like, yeah, here, uh, here's some money. Go complete all of these things before Hercules can do it. So he doesn't get, the atonement that he's looking for. It's he's essentially pulling off, you know, the great A dick move. I like that because from like the Hercules perspective, you're playing the villain. It's it's a perspective change. It's super cool in that way. But obviously you as the player have your own drive on why you want to do that. Right. And and I think I think not enough games make players the villain yeah i agree like i mean you can be you know chaotic evil or you know neutral evil in D, D, but i don't know that D D has enough controls out there that you're actually doing you know really evil acts not without homebrew if you ask me that that's kind of what it feels like it's you can play an evil campaign, but the game is definitely set for you to be the good guy. I know that a huge draw for Demigod is Greek mythology at its core, but you've also drawn from other mythologies. Where did that that concept come from? So that concept kind of came from, and you might laugh at this a little bit, uh, do, you ever, do you ever read or do you ever remember a book series called Percy Jackson? <laughs> yeah, I know Percy Jackson. I didn't really get into it. It wasn't, it was surprisingly not really for me, actually. And I get a lot of flack for that, but I do get it. And that's, that's fair. Um, so Demigod is kind of a combo of what if somebody wrote a Percy Jackson skirmish game and there's a, a skirmish game called Frostgrave. And I know Frostgrave. It's very good. It's demigod is you know Greek. It's Greek mythology. Frostgrave. That's that's legitimately what it is. Is I took, I took kind of the underpinnings of how Frostgrave worked, and tuned them until they worked as a Greek mythology skirmish game. Okay, so a large part of demigod then is like those uh, more so than just units. There's also what I would like to call characters. Then. Oh yeah. Something yep. that you build out instead of just, uh, we were talking about, instead of like just having your, I'm trying, trying to draw any 
yeah, it's something other than like just having like Lionel Johnson from from 40k is a character. He has a stat block. This is what he does. Yep. In yeah, Demigod, so- you can grow a character. Yep. Um, so there's there's a couple different characters that you can grow. You have you know your major hero, who is the guy or the gal who all the things are happening to. They're your protagonist. Yes. Yep. So they're you know that son or daughter of Zeus, that son or daughter of Hades, that son or daughter of Poseidon, um, and they're the one that's really going to grow and expand the most. But then you also have, you know, minor heroes. So mm-hmm. they can still grow and expand in similar ways to the major hero, but they're not ever going to get as nice of stuff or as shiny of toys necessarily. Yeah. There are other characters you can build up, but yep. you have your hero who is essentially becoming your demigod. Yep. Yep. And then, of course, you have like your bog standard minions, who are just the guys you pay the gold to to haul, haul treasure off the board while you slay the monster. Yeah, obviously, those are going to be super essential characters too, because what demigod has that a lot of other games don't, especially in this style, is one a solo mode, which is sweet, but two it has loot. And these missions give you things. Yeah, and that was that was something that I didn't like with Frostgrave was that you know, Frostgrave is primarily about hauling loot off the board. It's about, you know, acquiring that knowledge and finding that stuff. Well, if you happen to play somebody who optimizes their warband for getting shit off the board, and you some way somehow get nothing off the board, but you kill the monster, you don't get anything. Yeah. So I wanted there to be one, you get something for killing the monster because there's, there's you get experience for killing the monster one, but then I think every encounter in the book has something that you get that you can then take forward mm-hmm. into your next game. So that way if you for whatever reason, don't get loot off the board, you're not coming away with nothing. Yeah, you always walk away with something. So let's let's dig into these these characters a little bit because you mentioned that your demigods are more or less your characters, I should say your units, are more or less associated with some sort of god. How does Essentially, how do factions work, I guess, is the best way I can put it for this. Yep, I don't yep. know the term for demigod. So, demigod... Um, or heritages, well, maybe? Yeah, that's Might probably be a better, better way to put, way to put it. it. Yeah. Um, godly godly parentage, godly patronage. Yeah, um, that. There you go. So, in demigod, when you're setting up a warband, you pick a major hero. So, you know, you pick male or female, yada, yada, yada. And then you pick a divine patron. So you pick Zeus, you pick Hades, you pick Poseidon. And really the major differences there are um, each of them has different boons that you can choose, and they're kind of like spells. Yeah. But you can only cast them a certain number of times. Um, You get every level after the first, if I'm remembering the rule correctly, you get a divine favor point. Um, Uh And once you're out of divine favor points, you cannot call boons anymore. Zeus or Hades or Poseidon has essentially said, hey, you know, you no longer have enough sacrifices, you no longer have enough mana, you no longer have enough whatever to earn my favor. Sorry, can't help you. And is there any way to like get those back other than leveling? Or so is it just like... those come back at the end of the game. Okay. They're they're a end of game resource. Ah, uh, okay. If you're there, there are spell slots in D and D pretty much, but I wanted to limit them because a lot of the miniature skirmish games, you can just chuck spells around willy nilly, and mm-hmm. so. That kind of 
diminishes being in combat if I can just huck spells around willy-nilly. Oh, yeah. there's an earthquake. Oh, there's a giant ball of fire. They essentially work more like command points in, in Warhammer, right? Like Yes. Yep. They give you some really good bonuses that are maybe situational, but they do things that are beneficial for your warband. Yep. And then um, once you've created your uh, major hero, you pick a minimum of two minor heroes. Um, so the minimum number of models you will always need is three. You'll need a major hero and two minor heroes. Um, and your minor heroes, you can pick a couple of different gods to choose from. Uh, Ares, um, Athena, um, Dionysus, Demeter, Hermes, Apollo. More of the, the minor god, minor quote-unquote gods. Yeah, that was... Um, and so they kind of just give you stat bonuses versus um, anything more concrete, but they also will give you, um, like if you choose Dionysus, you can pick a satyr as a minion. Um, if you choose Poseidon, you can get Nereids as a minion. Um, if you choose, I think it's Demeter, you can get Dryads as a minion. Um, stuff like that. So there's there's advantages and disadvantages to taking certain uh, minor heroes versus other minor heroes. Okay. They essentially fill out how your warband can be built. Yes. Yep. And then, um, so your major hero is always free, and then your minor heroes have a cost to them because you're, you're paying people to come on a quest with you. And then yeah. the same with your minions. They all have a cost. Uh, that was one thing I didn't really like with Frostgrave 2nd Edition was that um, compared to the 1st Edition, there were a bunch of free minions. And that that didn't feel realistic to me mm-hmm. in that you're not going to... If you're going out and killing monsters and finding treasure... No one's gonna say, "Oh yeah, I'll I'll come with you for a split of the treasure," and then okay, six months later, you haven't found anything. Where's my money, dude? <laughs> this this guy's sitting over here trying to feed, well, feed himself, and you've got buddy over here who's supposed to be questing, and he's just hanging out at home. Yep, yep, exactly. Um, and then. As part of that too, I wanted to kind of make those minions as realistic-ish as possible. So there's you know hop lights, there's uh, your peltasts, there's stuff that you don't normally see in um, more standard skirmish games. Mm-hmm. But also a lot of stuff fulfills kind of similar roles. So. Um, you have like a bow minion, but you also have a guy that has the Greek version of crossbow. You also have a guy that has like throwing javelins, and each of those kind of fulfill the same role. They're all you know ranged characters, but they all do different things. Yeah, it's it's like when you you get down into like other tabletop games and somebody who has a bow and somebody who has a rifle are essentially doing the same thing. Like they are, they're both shooting from a distance is bare bones, stripping it down. That's what they're doing though. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I like that though, because you can build up these flavors. You have these characters who are, well, you build them up, they grow. And if I remember correctly, like you said, they, they level up, which is something so different to me. So everybody levels up except for the minions because they're mm-hmm. minions, and you're just paying them, you're paying the money to haul treasure out the table. Yeah, but yeah, so your major heroes level up, your minor heroes level up, and then you can also get you know different equipment um, and even you know legendary and magical items, which was a fun trip through just trying to find 
you know, magical items that didn't interact with things the way that typical magical items did. Yeah. Yep. So um, some stuff I did was like, there's a shield that you can find that if you win combat, you cast a petrify spell. Um, okay. There's sandals that let you fly instead of a, a standard movement action. Mm-hmm. There's a sword that gives you combat modifiers, and if your enemy tries to use a disarm spell against it, it is just immune. Um, there's a helmet that if you, if enemy models want to initiate combat with you, they have to pass a resolve test to do so. So these are like quite, quite powerful relics. Then, yeah, they're actually set up that you so you can't sell them. Um, you just sacrifice them back to some god. And the god's like, here, here's divine favor. Thanks for the thing. Mm-hmm. Which could be quite a powerful resource too in the game, especially yeah. when we get looking at the fact that, like most skirmish games, this is it's built to be a, a multiplayer game as well as single player. But I feel like from what I've read and what I've heard about Demigod, it really does shine when you have another person at the table with you. Yep. Yeah, and and so it was initially built as a two-player game. Um, I did just want to have, you know, that single-player element baked right in because a lot of games, a lot of games build in that that two-player element, but they Mm. don't, they don't come back. So, like, you know, what if I've bought Frostgrave and I now want to play it single player. Well, there's nothing. There's nothing in the book for me to play it single player. I have to buy a separate expansion of single player content. Yeah, which, like you said, it kind of goes against those original design principles you had. You have, I mean, you're sticking to your guns on how you design this, so it it works really well in your favor to obviously to have that single player element, because this is a game that somebody can buy and 10 years down the line, still pick it up and play and have a good time with what's there because they have that solo element. And it's also that miniature agnostic feeling, which is just great because there are some phenomenal small artists out there with miniatures. I know that I have spent too much money on, Miniatures that cannot technically be played with most games. So. Yeah. Um, a lot of the content creators, well, actually, I shouldn't say a lot of, one of the content creators that I follow that's big in the uh, miniatures gaming space, the guy's name is Ash Barker, and he runs a YouTube channel called Gorilla Miniature Games. Okay. He actually wrote a miniatures game, I think it's called Last Days. Yeah, Last Days Zombie Apocalypse. And the whole impetus for him writing that game was I have all these boutique zombie miniatures, but nothing to play them with. And so I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write a write a game. I remember too, that game did phenomenally. Like it yeah. sold and reviewed really well. But I love that because theoretically, let's say that you have 4,000 zombie miniatures. You can just crack open Demigod and go to town. And I think that's that's really that cost efficiency thing, because you mentioned that. Yeah. I know that on Warhammer 40k miniatures for this edition, I've I've definitely cl- spent close to five hundred dollars at least. Yeah. And I don't even know if I've hit a thousand points yet. Like yeah. it's it's an insane sometimes, an absolutely ludicrous amount of money you need to spend to get into a hobby. Yep. And that was that was part of the reason that I themed this historically was because um a lot of the historicals games are built around high model count armies and yep. the companies that write them know that. So like you can go to Warlord, you can go to Victrix and you can buy a box of hoplites. I have one actually sitting on my couch that it's like 40, it's like 48 hoplites and it's 40 bucks. Yeah. It's so, a dollar miniature. Like, yeah. 
that's an insane, you know, cost savings compared to 40K, where 10 Space Marines are 60 bucks. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I got, I bought a combat patrol to get some, to get a handful of Rubric Marines because I save money spending $150 just to get 10 guys, which is nuts now that I'm saying it out loud. Maybe I should get out of 40K. <laughs> no, no I'll, I love I'll be straight honest with you. I, I didn't even look at the combat patrols. I went right to the mini swap, the, the Reddit mini swap community. Yep. And I was just like, okay, you know, what do I need? And I just scoured the mini swap threads for somebody selling, you know, 30 space marines here, a chaplain here, a box of terminators here. Mm-hmm. And even with shipping and postage, that was still 250 bucks. It's ludicrous to me because what you've just pitched me is, uh, and what would you say is the squad size? Just say first, before I really dive into this, what, how big is a, a war band in demigod? You, I know you said minimum of three, but what's like the upper tier? Size seven of? models, seven models. That's insane. You got yeah. seven models on the field. When I'm talking about buying a unit, a single unit, and sometimes a single figure in 40K can be anywhere from 40 to $70. And for some of the big ones, it's way more than that, too. Yeah. And Unbelievable. So, <laughs> like, Demigod, if you play at the max number of units on the table... Um, it's going to be anywhere from 15 to, I want to say like 20, 30. Um, cause I think there's one scenario in here that's like a, a monster hunting scenario mm. where you roll like D6 for a number of monsters to show up on the table. Okay. Well, let's hop into those missions then. Mechanically speaking, how does a game of Demigod run? So um, each mission has kind of its own little setup, but there's also a general setting up the table section. And the way that works is you either pick or roll off for you know board edges like you would in 40K, Um, and then you place loot tokens and loot tokens get placed, um, anywhere within anywhere, not, excuse me, well, anywhere at least nine inches from the table edge. Um, and then, uh, your major, your major monster. So your Minotaur, your Medusa, your, um, Polyphemus get placed in the center of the board and then any minor monsters that might be showing up. So in, you know, Medusa's case, it would be her two Gorgon sisters in Polyphemus's case. It would be the other Cyclops. They get mm-hmm. placed each in the center of the four quadrants. So if Polyphemus is in the center, you mark out a center of each quadrant and your other minor monsters go in those centers. Okay. If I'm making, if I'm making sense there. No, I get it because we'll say that it's like a, you have your standard square-based table. Yep. Square, Rick. We'll say square just for ease sake, and you're dividing it into three. And so it's center and then the center of the center. Yep. Yep. Um, and then once, once those all happen, uh, the board is all set up, you roll off for initiative. And that's just a simple 3d6 roll. And whoever uh, whoever rolls off first is the initiative player. And then the second player goes second. And so typically it's um, major hero phase, minor hero phase, excuse me, hero phase, minion phase, and monster phase. Um, and so if you and I were playing and you rolled initiative, your major hero would go first, then mine, then your minor heroes would go first, then mine, 
Um, okay. And then your minions will go first, and then mine. And if there was a a minor monster or major monster that had player controlled movement, I would be the one controlling that monster because I'm the non-initiative player. Okay. So the non-initiative player then gets the the opportunity to swing with the monster and that's super fun. I actually really like that concept. I've never heard that before. It also gives a level of intelligence to the the monster that you don't see in other games. Yeah. Um there's actually a chart in here for how the monster moves and reacts and it says, you know, if the monster's within 10 inches, it does this. If it's not within 10 inches, it does this. Um, if it's moving, roll a d6, and it, it moves one of these three directions, or it moves a direction chosen by the non-initiative player. Mm-hmm. So you almost have... Uh, how I'm looking for the word right now. You almost have in there some some coded-in actions for the, the monster to move. Like the, yep. the D6 roll, you said. Like, it's like, oh, a one, you move this direction. Yeah, it's like one to two, you move this direction. Two to three, you move this direction. And, excuse me, one to two, you move forward. Two to three, you move back. Three to th- God, I can't, I can't work tonight. Uh, <laughs> one to two, you move forward. Three to four, you move back. Five to six, you move the opposite sides. Um, but I think it's like bro- it's broken down um, via like 3D6, and then it's just split out that way. Okay. So, like I said, you artificial intelligence. Wow, that's that's the word I was looking for. It's almost like it has a pre-built-in artificial intelligence setting in there, which is great, especially in that solo mode, because I know that at least when I was younger, I haven't played any of these games recently. When I had a solo mode, I definitely made the monsters do things that they probably wouldn't because I didn't want my character to die or to lose. So <laughs> having a little bit of that taken away from you is always good, in my opinion, for the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, it pretty much asks you, if is there a monster in combat? Is there a model in 12 inches and in line of sight? Um and then the D6 chart is on a one, it's forward. On a two, it's backward. On a three, it's left. On a four, it's right. Five is actually, I got that wrong earlier. Uh, five is initiative player's choice, and six is not initiative player's choice. And then obviously, okay. if the monster hits a wall or another obstacle, it will stop. Yeah, so clearly it can't go through a, a wall. Those are pre set up for the game to work properly. <laughs> so. Chris, unfortunately, the first time around, Demigod did not succeed funding, which sucks because this game's super cool, especially if you like something a little bit more tactical. I know that obviously we're talking about it right now, so the project's not dead. What are the next steps for Demigod and how you're advancing? So the the big next step is uh, I'm running crowdfunding via itch. and so the crowdfund goal there is really small. Um, it's just 500 bucks. Um, yeah. And so that's really to cover the cost of getting copies printed. Um, like, I think $500 gets me 100 print copies. Oh, my um, gosh. That's way better than I expected. That's yeah. a really good print price. I think I'm using Mixam for printing. Uh, okay. And they... I think their price is, is like 500 for 100 copies or something like that. Because I, I looked it up when I was doing the initial Kickstarter and trying to figure out, you know, okay, this is how much money I'm raising. How many print copies am I actually going to be able to buy with that money after I've paid everybody else? Yeah. And that's another thing I wanted to talk about real quick, the art for this game. Oh, you got a lot of personality in in this and i i love it because you have this like there's still something bright about it like there there's a lot of bodies on on display in the art pieces and the thing i think that 
I love about this game is that it, it looks larger than life. It looks grand. Like the the splash cover, for instance, of all the all the different hoplites and soldiers just charging looks incredible. Thank you. Um, I will be straight honest with you. Outside of the uh, outside of that front cover, all of the rest of this art is public domain art. Really? Yeah. It all it looks so uniform though. <laughs> no, everything everything in here is just public domain art. Um, legitimately, and I paid I the so. Um, Dean Stoltman, the guy who did the cover artwork, he he actually didn't do this for Demigod. I actually found this on his website and emailed him and said, hey, I love this artwork. Can I just license it from you? And he's like, yeah, give me a hundred bucks. Here's a license. And and then Johnny Shoemate, I think is how you pronounce it. His artwork is uh, the Big Giant Peltus art uh on page eight and the hoplite art on page 10 and th those are both public domain pieces those are both public domain pieces that he's just released to the public and everything else is just it from museum collections see i think that is one of the things that kind of throws me off then because i didn't know that you can do a lot using the public domain and that is something I think that a lot of you creators out there who may be listening to this should take advantage of. Yeah. Um, Exeunt Press, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, actually has a package on itch, and I will find it after the um, after our session here if you want to add it into like, the discussion, the description. But he has a whole package that's all just public domain art. It's, that's awesome. It's, you know, you have to pay him for the package, but once you pay him for it, it's just use this in whatever you want. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I definitely think we should. I'll, I'll definitely add that into the description for people to look at. Uh, Chris, we are starting to run lower on time, though. But I have a couple questions to finish off. Yeah. What? are some of the things that you really want to see for Demigod in the future? Obviously being in a physical form, because I think that's one of the the greatest things that can happen as a creator, is like being able to hold what you've made. There's something very assuring about that, but what are some of the aspirations you'd love to see for Demigod? So, um, probably the biggest one is I want to pay myself back. Um, I made a a lot of mis I should call them mistakes. Um, but I paid for a lot of things that I didn't need to when I was starting out. So like I bought a bunch of cover art that I didn't need. I had a bunch of illustrations made that I didn't need. Um, I actually, and I'm still going through with this because I've already paid them a bunch of money for it. And once I get the models anyway, I can still use them. I'm actually getting miniatures made. Um, just as a, an extra thing to offer to people. Um, uh -huh. But for creators, you don't need to do any of that. I mean, okay, yeah, splurge for cover art, but like everything else can really be, you know, public domain if it ties into the kind of game that you're making. Um, yeah. Don't, don't, you know, be me and drop several grand on you know getting a book together when you might only need to spend you know a couple hundred dollars on some art because i did i did you know all the layout for this um i paid somebody for editing but that was that's always a good decision um but yeah you know, all the all the layouts done by me um like i told you pretty much all the art is public domain um and really that's that's all you need and I mean, if you're in the U.S., you need to spend for an ISBN and a barcode. That's really it. So I mean, if if you do, you know, a nice piece of cover art, call it 500 bucks. You do some editing, call that another 200 bucks, and you buy your ISBNs. That's a grand, and you're 
you're good to go. And that's that as a Kickstarter funding goal is not high at all. No, that's really quite achievable, which I think should be, especially when you're making your first thing. Yeah. And I, I think, and I, I definitely had, um, I definitely had like aspirations that this would be the next Frostgrave. Um, and it obviously is not there yet. So <laughs> I had, I had kind of dumped money onto it thinking it would be the next Frostgrave. And obviously it's not there yet. Um, but I will say, um, and I will send you a picture of this after we get done with our chat, that Demigod is actually in, a, not physical stores, but in a physical store. Oh, that's very cool. I will love to see that photo there. Just because, like like I said, there's something very cool. And like when I chat with somebody, too, I think it's always awesome when I get to see their their work out in public. I. I got ads. I I'm getting ads for games that I've talked about, talked with people about months ago. And that's super cool as is. So seeing it actually out there is amazing. Chris, this is the first episode I've recorded. Actually. Oh my gosh. I just realized this is going to be episode 100 of the show. Holy crap. Um, yeah. So I had a guest on, I can't remember who it was, but they said, Hey, you should probably change up this one bit because it's getting old. And so we're changing up asking for advice because I think people can pick that stuff up as we go on. But Chris, what excites you and really kept you locked in on Demigod? What, Uh, what made you believe in it so much? Just that there wasn't, there wasn't anything like this out there. um, One. And I just really wanted to freaking play it. I mean, I think I think a lot of people after they make their first couple games, they kind of lose the I'm making this because I want to play it bug. Mm-hmm. Um, like and I mean that's that's true of most game design companies, I would say. You stop being a game design company and you start being a marketing company. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people when they first sit down and they write their first game, the big question you need to ask yourself is, am I writing this because I want to play? Yeah, that's so good. I, I'm really glad that that's the first thing that we're hearing of this in in this new question, because I think that is so key and so important. Because I think... And, and GW is definitely 100% guilty of this. And this is, they're actually the first example that I thought of. I think a lot of people write games to sell a game and not because they actually want to play the game that they're writing. Yeah, I can get behind that. I can agree to that totally. Um, like if you look at, if you look at Road Trader, the, the first edition of 40K compared to now, Rogue Trader is like it. There's no points costs. There's no, um, you know, this is how an army needs to be structured. It's grab these models, put together a scenario, and and roll with your buddies. Like there's, there were guides in the first white dwarfs that came out around the time Rogue Trader came out for scratch building a bane blade, for scratch building a land raider. Um, like the land raider that's featured in the road, road trader compendium is one that somebody actually scratch built and took a picture of and sent into GW. Okay. I didn't know so, that. That's actually super cool. So I think, I think a lot of that, you know, I'm, I'm buying these miniatures or I'm playing this game because it's a game or era or, genre that I want to play a game in needs to come back and not not just because you know it's a game and I can play yeah no I think that's that's a great thing to be like excited about and work on that with that's that's great to hear Chris I I do really think that that is something to aspire to and I do hope for the best in Demigod as you continue your 
your funding for it. And from what I can tell, you're about a fifth of the way there already. And that that didn't go up too long ago, if I remember correctly. It was very recently, which is great. Like people are interested in it and they they want to play Demigod. Yeah. Um honestly you asked you asked about things that I wanted to see for Demigod. Something that I would want to see is somebody other than me playing it and putting that <laughs> up putting that up on the internet for people to see. Um, yeah. like because it's great that like I could play it and I could put that out on the internet for people to see. But like that doesn't tell anybody anything about how good of a game it is. Because mm-hmm. of course I'm gonna hype it up. It's my game. Yeah. Yeah, you're excited about it, and that's totally reasonable. And it's something totally different when it's Carter from Kentucky who's like, hey, I have 40 subscribers on my YouTube channel. Check out Demigod. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, even even something that, that small would be awesome. Yeah. I I remember I once was on the RPGs Reddit and somebody had mentioned schedule for launch. And I was like, that is so cool and so bizarre, but I loved it. It definitely made me feel a lot better about, about the podcast. So I get it. Like you, you want people to consume your, your art or your project or play your game. Like it's just, something that comes with being a creator is wanting to share that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think too, with the rise of social media, there's not enough of, this is going to sound like a weird term. There's not enough of like reciprocal consumption. Yeah, totally. So, so like people go and they say, Oh, you know, X, Y, Z is really cool. Well, have you bought it? Have you played it? No. Well, then, okay. Yeah, it's it's part of the reason why I moved away from Work in Progress Wednesday and the Follow Fridays because it did not feel genuine after a little while. It really doesn't. Um, like, and and unfortunately, like I don't know. Especially with something like Demigod, I don't know, you know, how to how to grow that without kind of in-personing it, and that's that's a hard ask for me as well, because yeah. I've got to make all the terrain, I've got to make all the miniatures, and then I have to pitch a game to somebody, which you know everybody and their brother who wants to make a game has to do. But as we kind of talked about in our pre-show ramble. That's a lot easier with a tabletop RPG than it is with the miniatures working. Yeah. A a tabletop RPG, you can be like, here is a quick start guide that has some of the rules. You can't really do some of the rules with a skirmish game. No. Chris, where can people find out more about you and Demigod? Um, so they can find out more about me. Um and I will send this link to you on Twitter, but I have a website. It's www.no-name-games.com, which has, you know, info about me. Um, it has info about me. It has info about, you know, Demigod. Um, and it has my blog. Um, but then you can find more info about Demigod itself on its it's it's itch page, if I can talk, um, which is just itch.io or no name games.itch.io slash demigod. Um, and that has, you know, info on what the crowdfund gets you, um, info on, you know, what is happening with demigod, um, stuff like that. So I'm going to start posting about, you know, updates on the expansion when I, I work more on it. Updates on when crowdfunding for the expansion is going to hit. Um, all of that info is going to be there. As always, audience, the links to 
those are going to be down in the description below. You really should go and check out Demigod. It's it's super cool, especially if you are somebody who is interested in skirmish games and you don't want to sacrifice your home to play them. Uh, you you do not need to choose rent or miniatures to play demigod, which is amazing. And you, I mean, miniature agnostic, as long as the base is the right size, you can play it. Yeah. So go ham and really check out this game because it does have some unique twists. I like the the way that mythologies are set up and the divine favors are very cool. I just think that a lot of people will really enjoy this game. Like in general, it's a super cool system and it does deserve a lot of love. And Chris, I hope that love for Demigod does come to you. Thank you. Thank you, Zach, so much. No, it's absolutely true though. Chris, thank you so much for coming on and being my 100th guest, which is bizarre to say. Um, I did not realize that that's what we were doing tonight, but uh, sorry, there's not more fanfare, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and audience, thank you so much for listening and being patient while these episodes get ready and come together. Chris and Demigod are scheduled to launch real soon. Go support on the itch page, which is down on the top link in the description. Until then, though, take care of yourselves. I'll see you on the next one. Bye. Thank you so much to Chris for joining me on the episode this week. Demigod is great. I picked up the game myself, and I've been making my way through it. It's simple to pick up, and you can use basically whatever you have laying around the house as a character, so you can hop right in without any huge dent to your bank account. Check out Demigod on Itch if you're interested in war games, but don't really know where to start, and show Nodang Games some support. And thank you for listening, audience. We've been doing this for 100 episodes now. Nice. If you're hearing, you can tell that I've made a one little change at least with the the new theme, and hopefully you like it. It was a lot of fun to make. There's an interview I have arranged that was supposed to be for episode 100, but timing just didn't work out, and it's going to be there soon, but I'll talk about that more so when the creators and I kind of knock out when we can record together. I know the show's not very big, but I can tell that it's... I can tell you that it's certainly helped me grow and I'm not even going to cut and edit any of this because um, I'm a little bit lost for words right now. I'm not going to lie. So thank you all for joining me for all this time. Love you all. And I hope to see you somewhere out there. Take care. Bye.